Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello, Nick. It's good to be back. Hooray. Welcome to another podcast, everybody. Hope you're all doing all right out there. Yeah, we're back on the science shed. We're back on the sh- science shed and we're in another auspicious location. Yeah, that's true. Last time we've been in the Royal Society before, haven't we? We um, have. And we've been in my flat. And my is, flat. Which is both very auspicious places. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Standing on the shoulders of giants. Do you remember the view we had in my house outside the window where we could of see... Of your garden? Well, it wasn't so much a garden as a broken fence and a dead blackbird, which my cat had probably killed three weeks previous to that. Yeah, the, the view we're looking at now is very similar to that, isn't it? It's amazing, the view is Yeah, today. so we're in, we're in Guy's Hospital today in, in central London. We're in the Tower. So I did my PhD in Guy's Hospital, Steve, mm. many years ago. Yeah. But I, was, I was never in the Tower. I was in a small building downstairs, which is on about the fourth floor. On the other hand, we're now on the 28th floor, Yeah, Steve. and there's spectacular v- views across London. Maybe we should take a picture and tweet it. Definitely. A hundred percent, yeah. We'll do that. And we can see over to Canary Wharf. Um, number one, Canada Square is flashing in the distance. Um, I can see numerous other buildings. I don't know what they're called. Could be the cheese grater. Uh, yeah, you can see the... Um, the cigar. The, uh, Palace of Westminster as the well. The dildo. Uh, the dildo. <laughs> Because <laughs> they've all got stupid names, haven't they? Well, right by the shard here, right? We're just too close to see it. Can't see the shard. I know. It's in the other direction. Oh, but never mind. It's an amazing view, and you can see all the way out probably to like the Thames estuary and beyond. Yeah, well, we're um, it's good to be here. I'm excited to, to... We haven't done a podcast for a while. It's been a while. Um, uh, it has, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of the first one since we've got some feedback from the first couple, really, isn't it? I think really, yeah, that's you, true, because you, we we had we were blocked up. Do you remember we talked about being blocked up last time? Yeah, exactly. But now we've let all that go. Now, we've, now we're free it's all to do what we want to do. The podcast can't, exactly, yeah. And um, and we're back to, to tell you some more interesting stories and anecdotes, aren't indeed, we? Indeed, indeed. Well, should we get on with it? Yeah, let's do it. Here <laughs> we go. Hello, Steve. Hey, Nick. Nick was just telling me the last time he did the podcast, he was hungover drunk. Well, that's when we were in your place and we went and had a lot to drink the night before, more than I'm used to. And um, the next day, I was kind of not feeling... I was feeling like that kind of hungover that you get kind when you're... Tired hungover. Tired, but also you may... You haven't, you're not, you haven't got like the, the headache and the nasty like, thing. You're like a bit you might have a bit of a cry at any point, that kind of thing. <laughs> Little tears Emotions are out. magnified. <laughs> But it was kind of like I was um, I was half cut, I think, the next oh, still, day. still, you think? I think so, yeah, because I think my liver takes so long to process everything these days. All right. As I approach my 29th birthday. 29th. <laughs> how, many, how many years have you been having your 29th for? Oh, several. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, um, I, I, I was just, uh, you know, I was maybe a little bit tipsy. And this time, I'm not so tipsy. Yeah. So, so well, I hopefully it'll that'll be better for it. I think probably. We, I think I feel like we're getting a bit better at this now. Like get a bit at the at the mechanics of podcasting. It took us a while to get going, but well, you're definitely there. better at it, Steve. But yeah. I just kind of sit here like a kind of useless potato <laughs> behind my 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 popping shield. Is it called pop it? shield? I think. Pop shield behind that, while you operate your kind of um, futuristic looking. Um, well, actually, it looks like a very old mobile phone. Yeah, it does. It does. A little <laughs> sound recorder. Yeah, it's good. 
so yeah but yeah i think i think it's um i'm starting to feel more comfortable yeah exactly so, so you have to be you start feeling a bit self-conscious don't you they're like i remember the first time we did in your flat with your your girlfriend was upstairs listening to us and i definitely felt a little bit self-conscious talking did to you really microphone. yeah just because it's just a bit weird isn't it a bit kind of uh, uh yeah, revealing it is a little bit and you get in a different mindset when you're doing it as well it's kind of like different to normal talking exactly because you can you can it's there's a palpable kind of um sense that people are Maybe listening to what you're saying. Maybe. So Maybe. I can't say some of the things that I would normally in conversation. Oh, well. I like why I've got such a big phone these days. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll have to leave that up to the uh, listeners' imaginations, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, science. Uh, so I just got back from, uh, from uh, Hong Kong. I was there for a conference. We spoke about that before. Hong Kong? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I did know about that. Yeah, um, it's really good. Um, what, what happened in Hong Kong at your conference? A couple of few things. So one, uh, I felt it was really hot, like really hot. Well, it's Hong Kong, man. It's I almost know. on the equator. I know. It's uh, well, it's kind of 38 degrees and 80% humidity. A lot of sweating. A lot of sweat. Well, most, most things are air-conditioned. That uh, must be quite problematic for kind of pale, pasty, exactly. strange scientists. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Especially Didn't from Europe. Well. Didn't do too well. <laughs> but I was all right. Yeah, it was good. Um, I felt really tall. Like, I was kind of 20 centimetres taller than everybody else there. Was it like in that video with um, Sophie Ellis-Bextor? Yeah. Have you seen that one? <laughs> yes, exactly. When there's a tall man who gets in the taxi. And <laughs> yeah, about, exactly. must have been in about 1999, that video. Yeah. Because um, you you're quite a tall guy, Steve. I'm about 6'2", six 6'3", six something like that. So not you're, ridiculously you're, tall. You're taller than the average Dutchman. Is that true? Yeah, it was in the news today. And what's the, how, how tall is the average The average Dutchman? height in the Netherlands is precisely six feet. Really, they're the tallest nation the in the world. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, the mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know whether it's the mean or the median. Okay, we <laughs> we can come across all those uh, interesting statistical definitions later, maybe Steve right. off air. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's about six foot is the uh, the height, the average height in Holland. Okay, so I'm taller than that. Well, I was definitely taller than the average height of the the, the average person from Hong Kong because it was uh, it was I did feel massive. Do you know where the smallest um, women are from? Oh, I'm going to guess Japan. No. Vietnam. Are we going to go through like Asia. 20 well, it's names? Asia, Asian it's not types. Asia. It's not Asia. No. Oh, God, I don't Shall know. I tell then. you? Yeah, I do. It's so Guatemala. Wow. The average height. I would height, never guess that. I didn't believe this when I saw it, and we should look this up and come back to it on a later date. Right. It's a fact but check. the average height of a woman in Guatemala is less than five feet. Wow. It's really small. So there's going to be some four-foot tours around or something. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, they're, they're obviously a very small people. Maybe they're malnourished or something. Small people. The average height. You of sound like some kind of plantation overlord. <laughs> I think that's a PC thing to say. Small people, isn't it? Anyway, um, in Britain, it's five foot five for a woman. Okay, that's. I would say that's that's small. But you know, maybe yeah. old, maybe old people are smaller. Yeah. Anyway, so you were saying you're in Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah. So I was in Hong Kong. I was there for a conference. Uh, I t I took my poster, my little picture. I remember we talked about a little picture. It was quite funny, uh, and I, I gave that. It was good. Um, not. It was. Um, Enjoyable. Um, I've been to kind of better conferences. Uh, it was good to see everyone. It's good to see some really interesting work going on. Um, and it's always good, like we said, to kind of interact with the, those other scientists and the people's papers that you've read. Um, but it was really, really good. I uh, got to see a few people, got to chat to um, some old people that I used to collaborate with, we used to work with in, when, we were in, when we were in Stanford. Um, so they, they've kind of gone on to start their own labs and, and we've kind of caught up with those and which was good to see everyone and, and chat about what the science is. So set do. the scene, man. What's going on? Because like yeah, I go sure. to, I go, I've been to a biology conference recently. Well, mm. kind of. 
and maybe it's different from an account. How many, so was it like a room of people standing around? Yeah, exactly. So, so this is a, a very, so generally I think there's two classes of conference. There's the very big, very broad conference, right? The kind of Comic-Cons of this world, right? So, so like the biophysical uh, meeting, for instance, is on the Comic-Con. Yeah, it's the that's the biggest conference in the world. Comic Con. Comic -Con. Yeah, but it's probably more fun than your <laughs> Con. Well, not conference. to me, Nick. Not to me. Not <laughs> I to bet me. It was. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's kind of so normally you have those very large, so typically you know thousands of people, <clears throat> and this one was slightly different. So this was smaller. There was uh, about uh, two hundred people there, one hundred and ninety or something. That's not very many, two hundred people. No, but it's intentionally that it's quite a it's quite a very um, uh, prestigious conference to even oh, get wow. to. They don't allow, for instance, big you know big professors with big research groups. You can only bring one person from your research group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just to make sure that everyone gets the opportunity to apply, and it's not dominated by a few kind of very large names. What's it called? It's a Gordon research conference so it's called oh, single yeah, molecule yeah, approaches yeah. to biology and so their goal oh. is they kind of set the conference away from uh like you know generally these, they're kind of away from big populated areas and things because they want people to kind of actually interact with each other and not hong feel kong's kind of like <laughs> yeah I know, they've not, they've, but, it, but it was in the university right which is right at the end of the mtr so it's like it's a little bit of a hassle to get in. Oh, right, you know, okay. So, but you don't do it like if you did it in Colombia, for instance, people would be tempted just to skip out and just go and have fun in New York, right? Whereas typically these, so previous ones I've been to have been on a on a mountain in Italy or yeah. Well, that's like that. kind of when I think of Gordon conferences, that's usually what I think of. Hong Kong is a very, is I think the most densely populated fourth. place in the world. It's fourth, the fourth, fourth, most okay, fourth most populated city. So. Um, and it's also a fun place, man. So if I went to Hong Kong and there was a boring conference with 200 boring people... That's not boring. It's <laughs> exciting. I'm only joking. But, but you might be tempted to go out and have some fun in Yeah, we did. In we, did Hong Kong, we did a bit, island. bit of fun. It's quite expensive, though. You've been, haven't you? I have. I don't really remember. I was, it wasn't was there for expensive. long enough. I was in and out. I, I went to the, the 10,000 Buddha Temple. Did you go went, there? Yeah. Did yeah. you walk up the steps? Yeah, you called it the 100, You called it 1,000 Buddha Temple. And then oh. I got there, I was like, oh, this is the 10,000 Buddha Oh, I'm sorry to be so yeah. inaccurate, well, Stephen. The counting <laughs> of my Buddhas. Did you sweat profusely walking oh, up the steps? Absolutely. It was really hot. Yeah, it was good. D did you go there? You kind of have to like walk through the back of an industrialist yeah, to kind weird. of find it, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> like I went to some like, shopping centre yeah, in the middle exactly. of nowhere. And then there's, yeah. like, there's, like a, there's like a sign just hand-painted on the edge of a wall somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but there was science there, Steve. The science was good. There was lots of science there, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it was lots of people that kind of do similar things to me. And um, there's a really interesting, a few good ideas. So me and my postdoc, we were thinking about um, some ideas that came from it. We've already gone back and tried to implement those we've ordered some dna we're going to play with some kind of um i could provide you with some dna i bet you can but we need a very specific <laughs> bit of dna oh, my dna is pretty specific to you it is but not to my experiments <laughs> um so yeah it's good so exactly the exactly the reason for going to kind of in uh, inspire and 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 to kind of like generate new ideas was was really good so we got the opportunity to and even you know what nick i don't know if you find this at conferences but even just the concept of being away from your office and being away from all the admin and all that kind of stuff and you're just you just sat there thinking about your science is just really really um productive just well just i know that that's definitely true like if you're in a talk or something like that i mean sometimes at work you i mean we have seminars in a in a department so that's people from outside come and talk about what they're doing to like yeah. the local the locals the local people and then um, if you know sometimes i think well i'm too busy to go down to it but often when you go and sit there and you it's kind of think it, yeah well, this is a boring talk. And then your mind switches <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, so it's not and then the you talk. start thinking about it. So if you, if you had a, medita if you had a, a like weekly meditation, uh, that would work just as well? Or just like half I an hour know. to sit I in a room? Don't. I think a weekly meditation wouldn't work because in a, in a talk, you're kind of stuck in there, aren't you? Right, you can't And you, you sometimes, sometimes they're extremely good. 
of course. But sometimes I get so bored that I'm just thinking, well, how can I amuse my brain? Yeah, so... My so mind wanders. So like, there was there, and then we had, um, you know, a series probably about, I don't know, 20 talks over f- five days. Um, Did you talk? I didn't talk, no. Why I didn't you talk? Because I, I applied really late for this conference. I only applied like a month before. Uh. Um, and the, the, actually the idea of the Gordon Conference is that people show data that's not quite published yet, and you have to sign a little disclaimer saying you won't, you won't steal it, you won't cheat it. And really? Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. And like they ban. But how are they going to prove that? Well, you might have already thought about it before you sign the thing. Well, then everyone will hate you. Oh, that's not very fair. <laughs> well, if you've got a really good idea and you've been working on it for like two years and then you go to the Gordon Conference and some Muppet's presenting it. A terrible version week, of it. And yeah. you signed a thing that I'm not going to do. I've already done it. <laughs> no, I think that's all right. But I think the, the, the idea is that because if, if people It's an honour. Like, it's like an honour thing. Yeah, because people feel that if you're going to go there and you're going to reveal something that isn't published yet, that, that there's a risk that that could be stolen. But it means that what you're doing is you're presenting the absolute most exciting idea you have in your lab and it's not just something that's kind of a year old that was yeah. published a couple of, or you know a few years ago so it's actually it's good for for, for, for seeing new data um, and so yeah there's kind of a series of talks everyone talks for, for kind of half an hour to say 50 minutes yeah and then then you then you go to the, then there's then there's lots of drinking really and just kind of uh, socializing which is actually kind of integral to kind of chatting to people about what they're doing and and, and the problems they have yeah so you went and you went in a room and you necked a load of what were you drinking like uh, cheap wine cheap yeah. wine yeah. Yeah. and a bit of food but if, if get yeah, drunk, if, yeah. talk about single molecules in medicine. Talk, uh, yeah, biology. Oh, yeah. What a riot. It was fun. Stop <laughs> insulting it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I'd have to tell you about the conference I went to, but yeah, let's, let's have something else first. Here we go. So, so Nick, uh, so we were just—I was at the conference, right? And then afterwards, I went on holiday. I went to Vietnam for a week. Uh, I went on a kind of boat trip uh, down to Halong Bay, and uh, it was really good. And we, I was there, and you know, there's quite a lot of uh, mosquitoes and things in um, uh, in in Vietnam. And I was th- I was thinking, I was thinking, like, you know, people put on DEET when you go on holiday. Insect it, repellent. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? I've sprayed that like in my mouth sometimes. Right. So, but I was I was thinking there about scientifically. I was like, well, what is it, and how does it work, right? So I started going down a bit of a rabbit hole on how deep works, uh, and it's actually quite interesting. You want to hear? <laughs> I do. But okay. it doesn't I tell you what? Before you start, it doesn't work on midges, right? Because I go on holiday to Scotland, the west coast of Scotland. Yeah, you exp- you've experienced midges. I have. Yeah. In, oh my in Scotland. God, it's a nightmare. It doesn't matter how much insect stuff you spray on your face, your head. You will never get rid of them. The only way is to wear like a special thing over your well, head. Well, they say, don't they? In Scotland, there's two. Like there's two seasons. There's 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 wi- there's rain and midges, and that's it. I think you can have two together, actually. To be honest. <laughs> okay. Anyway, tell me why DEET doesn't work for midges. So, so well, I don't know why it doesn't work for, for for midges, but it's actually quite a whole area of research. Like, so 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 DEET for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the chemical formula for it is a diethyl toluamide, right? So it's quite a small compound. And um, originally, people thought that it binds, uh, it kind of masks the scent of uh, uh, octene uh, 2-ol, which is a, a compound that we secrete in our sweat, uh, which kind of smells like kind of sweaty meat kind of really? thing. Yeah, so this is what they thought. So, so it's called di- what? Di- so diethyl toluamide. Toluamide. Is the right, chemical Steve, structure. There's a challenge. Right. I'm not a chemist. Right. I'm going to attempt to draw that yeah. afterwards. All right. And then you can take a picture of it. And you can put it on your Twitter feed. Well, Tolly- and you can laugh at people 
you can you can get people to laugh at me. Okay, well that's All good. Right? I'm gonna a- have a go. Any at it. any opportunity to to, <laughs> to get people to laugh at Nick, I'm I'm up for. And you know what? I'd be so amazingly happy if I am able to do it. Well, I mean, so it's not too it's not so. So for people that don't know how nomenclature works in chemistry, it's not too bad. So toluene. Uh, which well, is don't tell me. I'm going to do okay. it. I want to do it as, as right. like a little challenge. Okay, fine. All right, well, then we can we can have a little nomenclature. Anyway, get on with your story about DEET. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so it disguises fleshy So, that, so this is originally smells. what people thought. So they actually thought that DEET was binding to the receptor in mosquitoes uh, that, that, that they have that's specific to this compound, this uh, octene tool. Um, which is uh, which is a kind of alco- an alcohol that we sort of secrete in a sweat. So hang on a minute. So the D goes into the mosquito, yep. binds to something that the mosquito normally uses to sniff us out. Exactly. Right. So so it can't smell us anymore. Basically, that was okay. the that was the hypothesis, and that's what people thought. It's like air freshener in the toilet. You can't smell the um, exactly the nasty. Yeah, yeah. So so, so so D is the equivalent of like a. Glade plug-in fresh or something for a mosquito. So, and so do you reckon that like humans eventually start to, you know, like sometimes I associate lavender <laughs> with the smell of of the toilet. Yeah, a really bad one. <laughs> do you think that might happen to mosquitoes, mosquitoes as well? They start to get desensitized. Well, well we don't know. It's also <clears throat> what they thought is not that it smells of something. It's just that, that they can't smell. So it might not be masking. It might not smell of anything in and of itself. It's just that they can't smell the 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 uh, the octanol. Right. Compound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't know if it, the, it smells like lavender or whatever to a, to a, <laughs> to a mosquito. Uh, but they actually they actually know the neuron that it binds to in the mosquito's brain. Well, there's only one so, neuron. So yeah, it activates a single neuron. That is. You see, I'm always amazed Isn't at things nuts? like that. Yeah, because. You forget that small animals don't have many cells in them. Like we, we've got. I think we've got somewhere in the region of ten trillion cells in our bodies. I thought it was okay. I thought well, so. okay, hundred trillion. Whatever. I thought it was less. I thought it was about one trillion. Well, okay. you know, God, you're, right. being, you're doing your finicky thing again. What's an order of magnitude between friends? All right, we'll call it. An, yeah, all right, go ahead. But like, you know, it's some animals like wor- people do it work on experimental worms. Like They've C. got Elegans about and things, yeah. exactly. So C. elegans is a type of tiny little worm you can grow in a petri dish it's got around a thousand cells and we know the whole all of the neurons, family tree yeah. of all of those cells so you yeah. know where they come from and where they are anyway so 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 yeah so um so so originally people thought it was this and then there was a paper um so i started digging right and so there was a paper f- in science sorry in nature from 2013 right where someone went in and they found these um uh what do they call them uh this a highly expressed conserved receptor called IR40A, right, which is what they thought. They're always really catchily named, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, which they thought was actually, um, uh, which was the receptor responsible for this, this this thing that stops mosquitoes being able to smell us. And actually they went and did a big, uh, kind of a screening of about 100,000 compounds computationally to try and find similar classes of molecule. And the goal would basically be there, instead of using DEET, which has some potentially some uh, toxic side effects, it also dissolves plastic. So if you try and like spray it on your shoes or something, it melts right, your so plastic. So what they did was is they thought, well, there's a chemical called DEET. It does something. Let's like kind of look at loads of other similar structures and see which ones might do the same job, but without dissolving plastic. Oh uh, yeah, and actually they might smell better, or they might have less, be less toxic, and these kind of things. All oh, right, so they're trying to find better things in deep, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the point is that they thought they found the specific receptor that it bound to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so there was a big paper in Nature, which is obviously a very good journal. And um, I've heard of that. And, one. and literally last week uh, in, in June. 
uh, someone publish a um, a paper saying it's all bollocks. So they retracted it. So this no. paper, this paper from 2013 in Nature's just been retracted. It's nonsense. Yeah, and actually when you read it, they wrote a little they wrote a little blurb and they said. Uh, uh, the retraction of that. So the paper's called Odor Receptors and Neurons for DEET and New Insect Repellent. So at the end of the paper, they, they conclude that there's these compounds, uh, different classes of compounds, which they still think is true. Um, but, uh, but, but because they, used, they, they, actually, they actually studied this um, effect in, uh, in Drosophila, in flies, because they've got a very highly conserved receptor instead of looking directly in mosquitoes, uh, which is very common in biology. Um, but yeah, so they so they they repeat it, and then then there's a whole other paper, uh, Nature Communication, which came out in June this year, called uh, IR40A neurons are not deep detectors. Oh no! So we don't know. We've got no idea. So I don't understand. So the original paper, yeah, that got retracted, yeah. Who who decided it was? So so, so so the so the um, the. Uh, Authors basically tried to repeat some of the experiments, and they wrote a quite. I think it was, I don't think there was any foul play here. I think they generally thought what their, their findings were true, and they wrote this um, uh, this kind of retraction letter saying uh, we attracted this article because we no longer have the confidence in the data that support one of our key conclusions. That sounds like Dodge City, man. So, so basically, there was another paper saying that they couldn't replicate their oh, results. Oh right, someone else published and said yeah. this is nonsense, and, and then the original authors. Well, they didn't say they didn't say it was nonsense. They, said they couldn't do it, and the original do. authors went back to try and repeat it, and so they said upon learning of these other findings uh, um, they did uh, did not find defects in the DEET aversion to the IR40A mutant flies we, we repeated many of the original behavior experiments although we confirmed significant behavioral differences in the cell silenced flies we were unable to replicate observations of behavioral experiments using IR40A therefore with the exception of the main author Pinky Kane we no longer have the confidence in the conclusions <laughs> hang on a minute the main author was called Pinky Kane it's a good name isn't it Pinky Kane. Yeah, Pinky Kane. So was that person from Disney who did it? Did the <laughs> experiments? Is that why it was? Went it, was it in Finding Nemo? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the reason. Steve. So oh. we are oh. tired, huh? Oh, a little bit. A little bit. Oh. So we're um we're in a post-Brexit age now. We did a podcast prior. We've been podcasting so long now. When we first started this, we were, we were we were in the European Union, and soon we're going to be out. We're not out of it yet, though, are we? No, but we will be. Mm, do you think? I think. Do you think? I. I. So here's a question: Do you think it'll be good for science? Uh, no. Do you think in any way there's going to be no silver lining? Well, I've started to make a list of positive news from Brexit. Really? Yeah. And what's on the list? Do you want the first one on my list? Maybe I should like dribble them out slowly, but yeah. maybe for academics because yeah. of. There's fewer foreigners coming in the country. Yeah. It will be easier for a British person like me to get a job. No, come on. That's not what you care about. You don't care about that. I'm just saying. I'm just making a list about it. So imagine... So, so you're saying UK, it's less competitive? Yeah. That will do, which is clearly not a good thing. But yeah. I'm trying. what I'm trying to do is look on the sunny side this is so, from a personal point of view. If we had a personality swap, this <laughs> is normally what I do. <laughs> But basically, <laughs> right, in the UK, yeah. about, I think it's something like 40% of academic positions are filled by non-UK nationals. Right. Yeah, right. So if anyone should be, like, voting UKIP... It should be the academics. It, it should be bloody <laughs> academics, yeah. Because they, uh, they are literally coming here to steal our jobs. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, God damn people. So the flip side of that, so I've got a different... So 
So up until first now, on the list. okay, that's first on the list. So up until now, uh, it's been very easy to employ someone from from Europe in in my lab or or wherever. Um, but it'd been much harder to employ someone from outside, so the US or China or you know wherever you you pick. So maybe the fact that kind of science in the post in the after the UK leaves the European Union will be more competitive because of that. Maybe that because now it's a level playing field, so it doesn't matter. So you can imagine an instance where someone could be from Portugal, for instance. And they could be nearly as good as some guy from China or some girl from China. And you might be like, well, I will pick, I'll just take the person from Portugal because it saves me a lot less paperwork than it does if I have to go get them a, um, a visa or whatever. Oh, and that's absolutely right. And that's what the, that's what the um, Brexiteers will have been arguing. So I'm, but do you think that's and true? And that's true for um, lots of other, not just science, any yeah, professional sure. jobs. That's what they're arguing. Yeah, sure. So actually, it's making it more competitive uh, because you're 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 diversifying your talent pool. Yeah. Uh, because it comes from so I think so. I'm trying to find. I'm trying Ringo. I'm trying to so find. That's uh, a good. That's a good thing. I think maybe maybe we'll yeah, see. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there are arguments against that as well. Like uh, part of Europe is you work together as a European club, and yeah. different countries specialize in different things. Like, and the UK was quite science specialized. Mm. So all of the countries in the club they pay into a big budget, right? And then it gets it gets competitively allocated. Yeah, it could be regionally. So UK's got a good infrastructure. Yeah. So it means it gets quite special. It, it gets more of the money in for science. For science. Say. So that means but less for farming more, or something. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So you get people in doing science, and then you attract the best people to Europe from as southern a whole. Europe. Yeah. So if you you think about all of the. I mean, I personally have had some excellent South European and East European students. Mm-hmm. And they're like the best of the bunch. And they come to the UK because we've got a much better science infrastructure, mm-hmm. arguably, than than Spain or Portugal or Italy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily true, but you do get a, some very good students from there. So the so UK so benefits... So you're saying it's, it's, a, it's, it's being part of the club. Yeah, it's part of the club. We can specialise in one thing, say, for instance, science, and, and that Germany can specialise in something else. Well, that's the whole point of the... Isn't that the whole point of a union of countries that... You, that, that's what happens. You, you, you specialise in certain areas oh, and you benefit you, mutually. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, mean, think about Germany and France. I mean, the French just you know, drink nice wine. Um, go on strike. Yeah, and they, the Germans <laughs> like to go on holidays there. <laughs> the Germans do all the work. <laughs> Job done. Brilliant. <laughs> well, we really are. Uh, no, I don't really mean that. Yeah, that French was a joke. people. <laughs> we love you, really. <laughs> Yeah, so so I I, I, I worry, but um, hopefully we can see any some positive change from Brexit. How about any? What's a, what else is on your list? What else you got? There's nothing. It's a blank page <laughs> apart from that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully next time there'll be more. Well, your list. I don't want to get all serious about it, but I feel really sorry for my colleagues and um, students at the moment who are having to live in a world of um, uncertainty about their futures, not knowing what the future holds, where they're going to be going, what they're going to be doing, and I. I don't know. It's pretty sad, really. Generally what, what, speaking, yeah, it is. Pre- it is pretty sad. So hopefully, there'll be. There'll, hopefully, some good things will come from it. Yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah, Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Should we go get a beer I'm now? Get a whiskey. <laughs> mm, whiskey. Steve, something annoyed me last night. What's annoying Nick? I watched a programme on the TV called Naked Attraction. Are you aware of Naked, Naked Attraction? I'm not, no, I don't really watch TV. What's it about? Oh my God, where do I start? It's a television programme which is 
Uh, first of all, features- by the way, you can see Nick's actually kind of irritable. He's visibly irritable. I'm not sure whether I'm irritated or just shifting around in my seat out of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it was it was it had a scientific thing in the background that was so buried as to be, uh, um, you know, totally nonsensical. Is it kind of like Gillian McKeith science, that kind of thing? Oh, it's worse than that. Worse than Gillian McKeith. Well, I know, that's, that's a pretty a, low I bar. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, right, it's on Channel 4. Channel 4 often shows mm-hmm. naughty things. Indeed. And it's quite shocking. Euro trash. Yeah, there was one once, I remember they had one called Naked, it was like a week of naked stuff. So just And they had a game show with Keith Chegwin. Hosting it totally naked with oh his fellow out. I just can't. Like, I can feel that the cringe is palpable. It's unbelievable. It? I've never seen my mother so amused. Right. <laughs> well, well blaze your hair back. Uh, right. So, <laughs> naked <laughs> attraction. Jack. What happened to Keith Jack? Uh, yeah. So this was uh, this program was similar in in the same sort of kind of, so kind of the lowest basal. Oh, it was so <laughs> low. So they got. They got two people on. They got a man on first and a woman. I didn't actually see yeah. all of the man bit, so I saw the the woman bit. And basically, she comes on. She's an, a woman, and they have six people in six cubicles, frosted glass cubicles. You right. can't see what's in them. Right, right, right. And the premise of the show is that the person who's there... So it's like blind date. Blind date, but they pick based on... Their body type. The, the, their naked, the other people's naked bodies. But is it just the silhouette? Is that you see, or do you see, do you see everything? Let me explain. Oh, right. So the first stage was that they lifted up the cubicle glass until it came just above the genital area. Oh my god! <laughs> and then they time. showed, and then they showed close-ups of what can the people's ghoulies basically right, right. so they so wait sorry so the contestants are women and the guys are, or is it vice versa or is well it this same woman sex, no or? this woman she was flexible all right she so, so the choice she, she could go bisexual. either way okay. so they had three women and three men right okay and so she looked at some vaginas first <laughs> in, in and and kind of described them in quite detailed you know oh my God. the shape the biology the position of the labia um, the amount of hair, but this was interspersed with comments, scientific comments about pheromones and how um, pheromones can get trapped w- when there's more hairy stuff. I just, I just, I just did a literal <laughs> eye roll there. I don't think I've ever done an eye roll. I actually just did it looking at Nick. Uh, this is awful. Oh my god! And I, w- I was watching it. Maybe, so not, I, maybe so this didn't annoy me. It annoyed me. Some parts of it annoyed me. Some of it just made me laugh. Titillated me a bit. I don't know. So what's annoying is when they're kind of purporting to have some kind of scientific angle on here. Yeah, right? like that's it's what just they that's doing. what that's. I think that's like and it's fine if you know be you know be risible for for the sake of being risible, but you know don't 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 don't. You know, uh, tart it up as something that's that's more than it is. It's just anyway, situation. she had to she had to sort of like in in kind of true kind of reality TV show sort of um, give one of them the axe at various points, and then they had to walk off. You know, and so she ended up with one. They gradually exposed the body all the way up to show. Did they get to the, the face eventually? They eventually get to the face, and then they with the last one. There's a talking bit as well, so they get to listen to them as well. And then right. she makes it. That's quite important in a relationship, isn't it? <laughs> well, the, the, this kind of was part of it. Was the, I think the idea the was that the, you're more compatible if you pick based on the physical characteristics of the body. Or at least you have some. That's what the idea was, and I can't refute that. Maybe it's true, it's but a, um, it's, a, it's a hypothesis. I'll we'll give come that. back to it, but it, it was. Um, Let's not come back to this. It was certainly a. <laughs> 
Certainly an eye opener or eye closer. Eye cl- <laughs> yeah, let's let's never talk about this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve, you should have seen some of the shapes that, of these people's ghoulies. That's what we've become doing. We're on the fourth or fifth or sixth podcast already, and we're just complaining about the shapes of ghoulies. Uh, anyway. Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Sheen, Internal, Combustion, Why Do We Need, Petrie, Oscar, Gray. Isaac, Newton, Transplanting, Well, Bosch, there you go, another one in the bag, Steve. Just nailed that. Another podcast. Um, yeah, just retire that one. Yeah, so um, that's it till the next time, folks. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, if you like it, uh, please uh, like, favourite, subscribe, all that social networking jazz. Uh, we're on SoundCloud uh, and also on Twitter. I'm Steve the Chemist and Nick's the Evans Lab. So say hello. Yeah, we'll tweet some stuff soon. Yeah, and uh, see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.